WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Warning Track, the student voice of Michigan State Baseball, bringing you news, analysis, updates, and much more for the Spartans. Welcome in to episode 7 of the Warning Track podcast, the one and only podcast on these airwaves and any airwaves covering exclusively MSU baseball. Once again, Luke Sloan joined alongside my friends Kyle Hattie and Alex McRae here on a Friday, ready to talk some baseball. It's usually Wednesdays, and then last week it was Thursday, and we're moving back another day. It's Friday. Our apologies for the inconvenience. We came here to play school, so people were a little busy these last couple days, but gentlemen... How are we doing today? Last I'm, day of classes. I'm doing fantastic. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very, very good to point that out. We are. The NFL draft's on again tonight. I mean, it's second not baseball. Round. It's not baseball, but it's my second. We're buzzing with Second sports. favorite sport, man. We got playoff hockey. We have playoff basketball, baseball. We got college baseball. The NFL draft could be a sport in its own with how much intrigue it always has. We won't get into that because then we'd really get off on a tangent, but. Would love to make an NFL draft podcast. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. We're gonna have to chalk that one up on the ideas board. But I was—I know I was watching the NFL draft last night. But Alex, you were not watching the NFL I, draft I last was, night. I was at uh, the newest Avengers movie, Avengers Endgame. And Kyle uh, wasn't at the same showing as I was, but he also attended. After the Lions shot themselves in the foot with their draft pick, I left. Amen to that. Uh, Unfortunately. But we'll do the movie review section of our podcast. What Six did you, what did you gentlemen think of of the Avengers Endgame? I'm not really an Avengers guy, so I'm not the biggest expert on these movies. Okay, but you gentlemen are. I I liked the movie, but but there the ending was just far too predictable. Granted, you knew that Iron Man and uh, and Captain America were not going to be in any other Avengers movies. But the ending, I won't spoil what happens, mm-hmm. but there's a. It, it's very clear that they were no longer be in any Avengers movie, and the way they did it was just kind of eh. That, that's a genuine move right there. If you wanted, you could have just spoiled it to our entire listening audience, some people who may not have seen Avengers Endgame. I don't even know if we're supposed to be talking about this right now. Are we supposed to be promoting? No, I'll have to check no, the old I, rule book. Are we, are we sponsored? Can can we get a sponsorship? Sponsored on here? by Chipotle and <laughs> Avengers Endgame because I always seem to talk about Chipotle when I'm on a podcast. Mr. Hattie, what did you think of the the movie that everyone is just going crazy about? That I am like way out in left field on. I did you loved, like it? I loved it. I thought I thought they tied it up together well. Good, short and sweet. Once again, I have absolutely no clue what these two gentlemen are talking about. Very prob- epic scenes in the movie. I've that's seen it. That's for sure. I've seen. I saw like Superman versus Captain America. Not, not, or... not the same universe. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's. I saw I, that. That's the last superhero movie I've probably seen. You, you want to see this one? So I'm. I, I'm out I mean, of this if he world. He hasn't seen Infinity War. He won't get it though. Oh, you're right. It's on. It's, oh, on, it's on Netflix. Oh boy, I got to take two hours. I got to make a list of, a of movies to catch up on, but. Forget movies to catch up. When we got baseball to catch up on, yes, sir. The Let's Michigan State it. Spartans baseball, in particular, they are now twelve and twenty-seven overall, one and ten in conference. I do point out though that that one of one and ten is different than the last time we met for this podcast. They picked up a winning conference play over the Indiana Hoosiers. We will get into that 
Not a bad win over a quality Indiana team. The Spartans have won two straight ball games. They beat Oakland on Tuesday night, beat Toledo on Wednesday night. Their record at home is now 7-5, and five, and it is also, I actually saw this when I was looking over some game notes for today's game, they've played five night games at McLean, and they're 4-1 and one in their mm. five night games. Night game tonight Ooh. against Northwestern, so. Gonna look out for my recap. We'll have to, we'll, we'll see about that. Maybe, maybe, maybe a surprise stat right there, but we're going to get right into the action. Starting one week ago, these Spartans took on the Indiana Hoosiers. They lost the first game of that series to the Hoosiers 13-4 last Friday night. Hoosiers pounded out 15 hits to the Spartans, 10. A couple of errors for the Spartans. Looking down the box score in that game, Mason Erla did get the start for the Spartans. He struggled, went four innings, gave up 10 hits, seven runs, six of them earned to drop to one and seven on the year. Quickly looking down the lineup, a couple hits for Bryce Kelly, a couple hits for Marty Bikina. Uh, two hits, three RBIs for Casey Mays because he hit a three-run bomb in that game, one of the lone bright spots in that game for the Spartans. But overall in this game, I think I think of Casey Mays. It's a pretty good shot. Bullpen struggled a little bit. Panaranto gave up three. Evan Floor gave up a couple of runs. Kind of strange to see guys that have been pretty consistent struggling. But I see this. what really sticks out to me in this game is Mason Erla, who's been making some strides lately, really struggled in this one. Well, I'll I'll tell you, um, he he play he faced probably one of the best lineups in yeah in the Big Ten, if not you know one of the better lineups in the country, leading the nation, I believe, in home runs. Isn't it the nation? Wow. Yeah, they they hit a lot of bombs. They're they're a very good club. Um, you can't really. The, I think the key to the loss in this game was the guys they left on base, because they had 10 hits. They scattered 10 hits across all nine Usually innings. they can get somebody a win. Yeah, I mean, four runs on 10 hits, that's not terrible. You'd like to get some more production out of that. So, but yeah, you're right. I, I think the uh, the guys that they left on base, and they struck out a lot against this Indiana pitching. They struck out 12 times. Um, Ouch. That's that's rough. Uh, it's You really, it hurts to win when you strike out 12 times. I mean, granted... <laughs> Indiana struck out twelve times. Yeah, I was. But, I just. I just saw that myself. But um, and they still hit fifth well. Yeah, they. It was. They're very much taking a major league approach where it's a, a strikeout or home run kind of thing. They hit where, a lot of home runs in this series. They hit one, only one in this game, but we will get into a lot, the other a lot ones. of extra base hits, what a lot of you, doubles. What did you think of that Hoosiers lineup? Because obviously they're nationally known mm-hmm. for their power. I mean, were they deep? Did they have a couple of studs? You know, um. In the second game, both guys, um, actually in the in the two games on uh, on Sunday because there's a rain out on Saturday, uh, in both games, the their shortstop Justin Walker, mm-hmm. I think he was like a 175 hitter or something like that. Coming okay, into the so game. lighter hitting guy, yeah, light, not one lighter of those hitting studs. guys. Yep, goes out there and in back to back games hits a home run. His Yeesh. his first two of the season, first two of his career. That that, that really back to back. That's what irks you because it's like you face a powerful team. Yeah. This could be in any this could be any baseball team. And then you let the one seventy four hitter kill you. That's yeah. got to sting. Uh, and then um, against uh, uh, their catcher too, he. He hit two home runs in this series. Was he uh, was he a light hitting guy or was he, he he was another guy that was down in the low two hundreds, hmm. I think, when when he was he was starting. So um Do you think this he was says, their number nine hitter? 
Do you think this says more about the Spartans or more about the depth of Indiana? I think it just shows that there's such a big talent gap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Indiana recruiting and just the Indiana team is is a far superior product than what Michigan State has right now. Kyle Schwarber, former backstop yeah, of the team. I, you know, we have a we have a Cubs fan at this desk. I remember I remember watching Schwarber for Indiana and man, that guy could hit the ball. And uh, it it looks like they still have a lot of guys. I mean their center fielder, their number two hitter, Matt Gorski, he is he every time he, he made contact with the ball in the games I watched, the ball went far. Far. A lot he, of carry. Far outs, even. It's crazy to think, because just looking Ball down these carries. box scores, I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to make it to any of these games for this Indiana series, but I go to all these games for Michigan State, and no one really seems to be able to muscle a ball out of that park for the Spartans, and then Indiana comes in, in here and makes it look like a band box. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it's, a, it's hard to hit a ball out of that, out of McLean. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously, you have that big, tall right field wall. It's a little bit reachable over there. You talk about a lefty like Adam Proctor. That's, that's, he goes out that way yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's um, uh, Walker, their shortstop. He hit it over that. Yeah, it, that they did extend that fence to be larger up there for that reason. But you talk about left field, not necessarily short. The right center field gap is just cavernous out oh, there at McLean. Oh, most certainly. And it just blew my mind how Indiana was just able to come in here and make this place look small after we go to game after game and, and Michigan State has a hard time putting the ball in the air. You're and, impressed when Michigan State hits a, hits a ball to the, to the hill in, in right field. I've, in, in, yeah, in all the games I've been in, I haven't seen a Spartan hit a home run at McLean since I've started covering baseball. I, 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 I've, and we've been around. so I watched uh, Proctor's hit. A few when I was. He's there. got some power. And, All of a sudden, seven bombs on yeah, the year. Yeah, and um, I, I watched Mays. Mays has a lot of pure power. That's that's one thing that Michigan State should really look forward to is this Casey Mays guy. He's got a lot of power for a really young player. I think he can uh, he can step in and be a significant contributor to this team in the long term. Casey Mays, like you just mentioned, two sixty eight on the year, three bombs. That's tied for second on the team with Marty Bakina. Seven RBIs. He's a guy that's DH'd a little bit this year, played in the outfield a little bit this year. He, 22 games played, 10 starts. It seems like every time they stick him in the lineup, he succeeds in some way. He adds something every time he's in the lineup. At this point, it's getting hard to leave him out of the lineup. I mean, the season's essentially a lost season at this point. You're not going to really go anywhere. Why not get this guy some more experience, get him some more confidence hitting against good pitching? I completely agree. I, I mean, mean, he he took Indiana guy's yard. You look at you look at some of the he guys. He went yard. He went he went yard against Indiana State pitching, which we we, we Indiana we, we State talked, pitching is some of the best pitching in the country. We talked extensively about how I mean they threw three great starters out there. I mean they their staff from top to bottom was impressive. Mm-hmm. You talk about some of the guys Casey Mays could potentially be playing over. It's kind of been a revolving door at designated hitter for the Spartans. A little more solidified in the outfield. Zaid Walker Shimaleski usually is in center. Bryce Kelly always the starter and left. But there's no reason, in my opinion, they can't get him some more reps at designated hitter. I mean, exactly. Bailey Bailey Peterson's been in there a little bit. Reese Trahe, Trahe, Trahe. I think it's Trahe. Yeah, Trahe. I've never been in a game that he's played, so I can't hear the PA he, announcer he, pronounce he's, his, his name. He's pinch hit in a couple of games. He's mainly used as a pinch hitter. Um, he, him, though, maybe a guy. Drawing that, a lot of walks, though. He, he leads the team in walks. He's got 18. Nice. Underrated, underrated statistic, but Mays, maybe a guy that we look to play more as this as the year goes along for the Spartans. 
the Spartans falling after this 13-4 defeat, falling to 9-26 on the year, still remaining at 0-9 in Big Ten play. But the next day, excuse me, not the next day, we would have a rainout in East Lansing on Saturday. These two teams would get back at it Sunday for a classic one-day doubleheader. Would that 0-9 Big Ten record stay in this first game of the doubleheader? Nope. It would not. Spartans picking up their first win of the Big Ten season, improving to 10-26. and Indiana coming into that game 8-3 and in the Big Ten, 26-13 overall, so they beat a formidable opponent. They beat them 5-3, to seven hits for each team. On the mound for the Spartans, Mitchell Taransky, another good outing. The third straight really positive outing for Mitchell Taransky. Six and two-thirds, three runs, all three of them earned six hits, nine strikeouts. Indigo Diaz, he went two and a third for the win in this, picked up the win in this game. Looking up and down the lineup for the Spartans, Bryce Kelly had a knock, two RBIs. Antonsik had a couple RBIs. Royce Ando had a couple hits in this game as well. Shibaleski, he pounded out two hits in this game overall. But really looking up and down this box score, really an all-around solid performance for this Michigan State team. I mean, you can't really point to too many games when you say they did everything well. They didn't commit an error in this game. They had some offensive contributors. They had some veteran offensive contributors, and they had a good start. And all they needed was Indigo Diaz to finish out this game. Kind of a feel-good win for their first in the Big Ten season, in my opinion. Most kind of, certain. Oh, oh. Sorry, go ahead. It's kind of worth noting that um, in, in the top of the seventh, Indiana is actually up 3 nothing, And then the Spartans came back and scored. Uh, and, th- and then they came back, not only tied it in the seventh inning, but then took the lead. That's coming. Yeah, that's another thing I saw in the in today's game notes is against Oakland, Toledo, and that last game against Indiana. They've won their last, or they've the last three wins they've collected. This one and those two have all been come from behind wins. Obviously, like you mentioned, this will be the first one. None of us were here for this game, but seeing guys like Bryce Kelly and Tonsic, two RBI a piece for them. Dan Shimaleski had a couple of hits. Ando had a couple of hits. And Taransky, a guy that's been around, he succeeded in this game. No errors, too. It's got to feel good because there hasn't been too many opportunities this year to look up and down a box score when we can say flawless defensive performance, fantastic start, clutch hitting. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that really impressed me about this game was Indigo Diaz at the end going almost three full innings to close it out. Uh, a guy that had really, really struggled early in the season with just his ERA. They originally used him as a starter. Now they're using him as a back end of the bullpen guy, closer. He has been locked down since they decided to put him at the back end of the bullpen. And I think that is, so far, probably Jake Boss Jr.'s best move of the season. I agree. He yes. he looked lost as a starter. He put up decent strikeout numbers early in the year, getting starts but the results were not where they wanted. I mean, it was a relatively big risk putting Indigo Diaz in the ninth inning. I mean, obviously, he's a guy that has big-time stuff, but, you know, the makeup of a closer is something that's developed, and you, it has, you have to be a, a, of a certain personality to fit well in that inning, which I think he does. I mean, Indigo Diaz is the perfect name for a closer, though, isn't I it? I agree. Mm-hmm. Isn't Coming it? on Absolutely. for the ninth inning, Indigo Diaz. Love it. Also, um, Marty Bikina struck out 
two times this game and didn't get a single hit, and they and despite that, they still won. Yeah, I talked about the, the veteran performances, pretty much all veteran performances, but but Bakina in this game, he's been struggling a little bit of late. Very much so. Bakina, he, they, that they, average is all all the way down to 254 now. They need him to keep hitting if they want to continue to salvage as much of this season as they can and win as many games as they can just because, man, it, it, it really hurts when – You've got Your a, senior a senior guy stop. like that, just not hitting, striking out a lot. I mean, if he was if he was just putting balls in play and it was just bad luck outs, sure that's one thing. But when you're not even putting the ball in play, that really hurts. Especially weird considering a guy who we've talked about multiple times on this podcast of being he's most of the season he's been a sure thing and an otherwise uncertain Spartan perspective when you look at this team i believe he leads the team in strikeouts oh no sorry he's rbi he's, he's got 20 he's second on the, the team. team he's second on the team in, in uh in strikeouts tied tied for second who's the first on just first just interested is, is uh let's it's zach iverson which makes okay, sense, makes a, sense. A guy, he's a been guy, getting it going a little bit he lately had, though he, he certainly has he iverson I had a knock and a run struck out a lot game. he struck out a lot early on in the season he was having a hard time putting it in play at all early in the season. But like we said, Zach Iverson owes one to us because all three of us were in attendance for that clash at Comerica game when he really started getting it going against Western Michigan. But a solid performance, nonetheless, for the Spartans in this game, winning 5-3 to three over the Indiana Hoosiers, picking up their first win in Big Ten play of the season, improving to 10-26. and 26. This is Easter Sunday. By the way, this was Easter Sunday starting at 12.05. Next game for the Spartans. Oh, boy. I just completely exited out of my tab on my computer. It was the... Um, well, it was the other Indiana game. It was the, it but was the I back went, end of the double I went to yeah. go pull up that box score, and I accidentally closed the tab instead. That's Rookie rough. mistake. Okay, rough. we're back going now. The second game of the doubleheader on Easter Sunday, 3.25. First pitch, Mr. Alex McCray was there in attendance. This one would not go as well for the Spartans, though they lost to the Hoosiers in the rubber match of the series, 11-2. The Spartans had two runs, two hits, two errors. Indiana, their 11 runs were scored on 11 hits. They had one error. The Spartans dropping to 10-27, and 1-10 and 10 in big play, big, big play, big 10 play. The Hoosiers improving to 27-13 and 13 and 9-3 and in the big 10. Looking down the box score, once again, another bullpen day, you can say, for the Spartans. Caleb Sleeman serving as the quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes in the studio, opener. He took the loss to fall to 2-3. and three. He pitched four innings, gave up four earned. Evan Floor came on after that, two innings, one earned. Hakenen, he gave up four runs. None of them were earned, though. And then a variety of other pitchers tossing in this game for the Spartans. Jarrett Olsen. Danny Gieselman, an interesting story in this game. The former club baseball pitcher, he finished off the, what was it, the? The ninth. Yeah, he, yeah, he pitched in the ninth. Seven pitches thrown in this game. And then looking back up towards the lineup for Michigan State, obviously only two hits. One of them was via Bryce Kelly. The other, Adam Proctor, and that Adam Proctor hit was a home run. Bryce Kelly had a stolen base in this game. One of the errors committed was Marty Bakina, and that kind of brings me to a point. Bakina, he's a guy that's played a lot of third. He's played a lot of third base mainly in the past few years for the Spartans, but 
moved over to shortstop this year as a senior, and it seems like when we pull these box scores up, he, he tends to commit a lot of errors at short. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll say this. Watching the play, to me, personally, it didn't really feel like an error. It was yeah, a you hard. Were, you were a, there. It was a hard hit ball. He was in the. He was in the outfield grass trying to make a play. Okay. He, he comes up. I mean, it was a. It was a I'm tough. Su- play. I'm surprised. It was a tough play. That's weird. I'm surprised they didn't give him a hometown they, discount. They, they called up to the booth. The co- the coaches called up to the booth. He originally ruled it a hit. And the coaches ah, they're said, trying to help the pitchers out. I guess coaches said, "Hey, take give him an error on that." That's kind of an interesting subject. I know I've kind of picked up on this as I as I've been in the press box for a variety of games, but. Visiting visiting teams and, and the home team, it, it's always kind of interesting the deliberation process about whether to call something a hit or an error. You know, I think generally the at least the, the coaching staff for the Spartans likes to make the borderline calls errors because they like they try to help out that pitching staff, but they're just piling up for this defense, well, which is, is still struggling. Really, I'll, I'll tell you what it. Eleven to two isn't a close game, but that game wasn't as close as the score indicates. You think so? Please elaborate. It was complete domination on all sides of the ball. Uh, Proctor, his home run, sure it was fine, but he went one for three with two strikeouts. Bakina, zero for three, three strikeouts. Zaid Walker, zero for four. Three strikeouts. Oof. Yikes, that's never a good line. Zach Iverson, 0 for 2, two strikeouts. 14 it, strikeouts for the Spartans in this it, game. It was they threw heat. They it had was, 12 in the first game, 14 in this. Yeah. Z- Yikes. Zal Frank, the pitcher for Indiana, was on fire. What a difference three that's hours makes. That's a name. But Zal Frank. Man, that was it. He, impro- he improved to 5-1, and one, and, strong, and strong they, pitcher. Really, Michigan State shouldn't have scored more than that one run that Proctor knocked over the right field fence there. Into the red uh, cedar. They brought in a reliever. Um, I think it was Grant Sloan. Yeah, Ooh. that's who it was. Yeah. We share a name. Yeah, related. We maybe. share a lot. Yeah. Um, Long lost cousin. But they they walked the bases <laughs> they walked the bases loaded, then they walked a run in. It was pure it wasn't even Michigan State's basically, doing that they basically scored. They just one hand. They just didn't they just didn't swing the bat. <laughs> and they were just given a run. Uh, it was locked out. Really, just one of the most just purely dominating baseball games I've seen in a long time. And At any level, I mean, you you're a guy that's seen a lot of baseball. I've seen a lot of baseball, and I've seen a lot of baseball blowouts. I've been a part of both of them. I mean, I've been a part of them on both sides, hmm. and I don't back. think I have seen a game other than you know, of course, like no hitters and perfect games. Yeah, where a team. Just purely dominates the other one. Like they're they're outmatched. It's, it was you could that game proved that there was just a significant talent difference between these two teams. You're bringing up some bad memories over here on this side of the desk. Of course, playing baseball throughout my youth, we had some really fun teams, some good groups of guys. I don't know if any of them listen to this podcast, but if they do, you guys can reminisce with me. We had some fun teams. We had a lot of fun in the dugout, but we were not. The greatest. We we would struggle, and unfortunately, I know what it is, what it feels like to be on the end of some of these games. And the Spartans probably felt similar. I mean, I don't want to compare myself to collegiate baseball players because I think that would be extreme. Yeah, you're nodding your head. That would be a little out of proportion, but nevertheless, complete domination in this game. 
says Alex McRae, and I completely agree. Just looking down this box score, the Spartans now 1-10 in Big Ten play, 10-27 overall after this game. But their fortunes would change the next time out, though. They were on the other side of a blowout this past Tuesday night, another night game over at McLean Baseball Stadium. The Spartans emerging victorious 12-2 over the Oakland Golden Grizzlies of the Horizon League. Another in-state opponents we've played. We've state has played so many of them this year. The Spartans winning 12 to two, 11 hits for them, three for Oakland. No errors for either team in this game. Ethan Hoffman got the start for Oakland. He went two, gave up three earned. That was his first start of the year for the Spartans. Colton Panaranto, the freshman, his first start of the year goes seven innings, three hits, two runs, both of them earned. Four walks, bit high. Seven strikeouts, though. Panaranto is a guy all three of us, I know, really like out of that bullpen. He dazzled in this game when given his first opportunity to start. Yes, very much so. He definitely impressed in his first win, or his first outing, I should say. And um, he proved to be someone that, that in this lost season, they should start maybe going to more. Would you would you guys be in favor of giving him another start? I mean, obviously, he's been a guy that's been really, really good out of this why Pretty not? dominant bullpen. I mean, why this, not? I mean, yeah, you're one eleven in your conference. Try whatever you want at this point. We mentioned him being a dominant member of this bullpen. The Spartans have a sub three ERA in the last eighty plus innings, I believe, pitched out of that bullpen. You want to talk about a bright spot on this team? But Colton Panaranto, you know, Caleb Sleeman, another guy too. They've started him in some games. Went well early. Struggled for a game. Now he's kind of an opener. They use him in a variety of ways. He's slated to get the start in game three of their upcoming series against Northwestern. But Evan Floor pitched in this game as well. And then Zach Iverson, he took them out in this game too. He pitched a scoreless ending to close this one out. The third baseman normally, but he does pitch sometimes too. Well, okay. This good win, you know, 12-2, and you took care of business. This is coming. I knew this was coming. But Oakland is barely a Division One baseball team. They're bad. This team is terrible. They're really bad. Like if, looking if, down their if looking you down th- their if you stats. If you think Michigan State is bad, you have not seen this Oakland. Uh, is it Grizzlies? The Golden. The gold. The Golden Grizzlies. Golden. Sorry. Stay golden, uh, Pony Boy. Go easy. Yeah. Go easy. I, I grew up. T- I grew up ten minutes from here. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy on the. Take it easy on his boys. Oakland lost to Central Michigan twenty four to ten. That's a football Ouch. score. This team. That is, is a football this score. This team a is pathetic. It's pathetic. I, I'm sorry. It's just a terrible baseball team. And if there was such a thing as relegation in Division One baseball, they should be relegated. Their their basketball their basketball court is nice. Basketball the team. O, what do they call the it? Arena. The O Arena. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Greg I'm, Campy. I'm a yeah, huge Greg. Greg Campy guy. Really charitable gentleman. They can have All D1 basketball. Respect. They can have D1 basketball, but they shouldn't be D1 in any sport. I'm, yeah. I'd take Grand Valley over Oakland right now. A hundred percent. Grand Valley. I know a couple guys on that team. They played for my high school baseball team. Humble flex. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. It, my baseball team in high school, they were really, really good. I could name a lot of teams. Hey, I, I, like, I, there was a guy for Toledo that they State played Toledo. We have a guy. Celine had a guy on Toledo. Celine had a guy on Eastern, um, Western. All They have guys on Grand Valley. Yeah. They had a guy at Michigan briefly, but then he transferred and then got drafted in the ninth round by the Reds. Um, they have a guy for Cincinnati. Actually, I think he transferred to Grand Valley. But anyways, 
We're not gonna. This is not a Celine I, baseball I just need podcast. to shout out my buddy Nate Bonner for Grand Valley. He's uh, is he a stud? Oh, he's tearing it up. Tearing it up. Position player, pitcher. Uh, yeah, position player. Uh, last time I checked, he's hitting like three eighty. Had, where, had he, back-to-back jacks. Where does he play on the diamond? Uh, I think they they're playing him at first base. Is he Sweet. looking? Is he in the, just looking for the transfer portal? You know, three eighty <laughs> could be used here. Yeah, I yeah, mean, could, hey, I, first we'll, base. We'll take him, man. We'd love it. We'd love it. Anyways, we are way, way off track. We played baseball here in East Lansing. The Oakland Golden Grizzlies, of course. We haven't looked. We haven't even looked at the box score yet. Do we need we, to? Eh, I mean, really, looking, looking at the Grizzlies box score. I don't know if you guys have looked just yet, but take a gander at how many walks they. They, without looking at the box, did you already look at the box? I, I looked. Yeah. Fifteen walks. Fifteen. I, ooh, I no wonder I, they got twelve runs. I didn't look at the box. I, I could pitch for Oakland. Ye, oh, I, oh, I guarantee you could. You have. I mean, cannon. I could. I could walk fifteen guys in a game. Yeesh. Fifteen walks. I mean, the Spartans got their twelve runs on eleven hits, which is a little unorthodox. Oakland did not commit any errors, which also adds to that the weirdness of this one bright spot. Zach Iverson. Couple of hits, couple of RBIs. Adam Proctor, he homered again, three RBIs on the day for him. Zaid Walker, Zaid Walker had himself a day. He nursed one of those fifth, one of those fifteen walks, two RBI to go with a two for four day with three runs scored. He's a guy that's been a he played in center field in this game. You could see, I could potentially see him be the center fielder of the future for this team. He's oh, a I think speedy so. guy. I think so. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's I think a decent a, run producer. As a, as a freshman, I could see you know Zade Walker really developing into a nice position player for this team in the long term. Next year, I mean, uh, him and him and Bryce uh, Kelly. Him and Bryce Kelly. Danny you know, Gleaves will be back next year yeah, too. I mean, he if, went down. Yeah, if, if they want to, should have, be a decent outfield. I, I'm. That's a good looking outfield. Let me tell it's you. A lot of speed. Like a lot it. of athleticism. I like it. I mean, you, three pretty good I hitters. I love having an athletic outfield. I, I think agree. it's ideal. It's a big it helps those pitch, especially in a place like McLean, the spacious expanses of McLean. But Zaid Walker, you know, two forty six on the year. Considering he's a freshman, he's kind of been up and down, kind of an, on an upswing right now. Started 31 games. He's a decent run producer. He's hit one home run. I believe that was early in the year. 15 runs batted in on the year. Looking at some other numbers, he's got eight doubles. He's got a triple, I believe. Only seven walks drawn. He's been a decent run producer for them this year. Bryce Kelly, of course, at the top of that lineup. He had an RBI in this game. Antonsic also had a couple RBI in this game. But 15 walks, kind of the story for the Spartans offense. Oakland used one. Two, three, four, five, six pitchers in this game. Never a good sign. Never. It's hard to win when you use that many guys unless it's an extra inning game or something like that. We won't talk too much more about this one. Kind of self-explanatory. The Spartans winning big over the Oakland Golden Grizzlies to improve to 11-27 and 27 on the year. They will get right back at it Wednesday night. Once again, a non-conference opponent coming to East Lansing. This time, the Toledo Rockets from the Mid-American Conference, the Spartans, Playing a lot of teams from the MAC this year, Toledo, Western, Central, Eastern. Now the Rockets on Wednesday. The Spartans winning again, improving to 12 and 27 on the year with a 4 to 2 win. They banged out five hits to the Rockets, seven. No errors for either team in this game. Jake Boss Jr. picked up his 350th win in this game as a head coach. Not not all 350 of those didn't come 
with the Spartans, but 350 with the head coach. I looked at his career record today. He's a winner. I mean, and it, it, obviously, you know, this team has is, is not been as productive as they'd like to be the last couple of years, but his career mark, I cannot remember it exactly, but it was well over the 500 mark. Yeah, it wasn't like 351 or like 350 to like 268. 260, that sounds right. Yeah, I think that's correct. But a decent, a decent overall record for the veteran skip at the helm of the Spartans. In this game, Caleb Sleeman would once again start in another bullpen game for the Spartans. He went two, gave up a run. Jesse Hakenen picked up the win in this game. Four and two-thirds, only giving up one run. Another nice outing for Hakenen out of that bullpen. Evan Floor recorded one out in this game. And then Indigo Diaz coming on for his fifth save of the year, pitching another. another this is another two-inning save for Indigo. I know, Alex, you pointed that out earlier in the show. Three strikeouts for him in those two innings. Only gave up one hit. Three walks, though. But looking up and down the lineup for the Spartans in this game, like we said, only five hits. Bryce Kelly had a pair of them. Marty Bikina moved up to the two spot in the lineup, drew three walks, and had a knock. So he got on base four times, no strikeouts. I love it. Step in the right direction. I love it. Maybe maybe Boss was imploring him to swing and to, to take a few more pitches. They move him up in the order usually hits in the third spot in this batting lineup. Maybe he says, you know, take it easy, take some pitches, try to get on base, try to be a table setter. Royce Ando, he hit third in this game. He picked up a walk. I just mentioned that. Kind of a, He shook up, Boss shook up the lineup pretty good in this one. It was Kelly, Bikina, Ando, Adam Proctor cleaning things up for the Spartans. Then our guy, Casey Mays, in the five hole, Zaid Walker hitting sixth. That's a, a spot I really like him. And then Iverson, Shimaleski, and Trahey to finish out this lineup. Kind of an interesting look. We'll see. We'll have to see if they go with that again tonight. But it proved to be relatively productive. Do you think they just like they tried to like use the momentum like the twelve to, uh, twelve to two win against Oakland? Do you think they just tried to use that to like maybe try some new things? I'd say potentially. I mean, obviously, it's a non-conference game this late in the year. They can afford to mix things up a little bit and you know the the 12 to 2 win obviously all those walks I guess they figured that this was a spot in the year where they could afford to do this but I kind of like the look I mean obviously you have a guy like Kelly but then Bikina asking you know a lot of in Major League Baseball certain teams make their best hitters hit seconds you know I think Nick Castellanos with the Tigers in particular I think I don't know Mike Trout's I think he's hit second a little bit in his Mm -hmm. career but Kind of an interesting placement for him in this lineup. Well, I'd like to see them keep him here for the rest of the year. I think it's a spot he can be productive in. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they just did what they had to do in this game. They took care of business. Um, they were patient at the plate, which I like. And uh, Drew 11 walks. Yeah. So they drew 15, and then the next night they drew 11. They beat a team they should beat. They're seeing the ball well. Sim- simple as that. They beat a team they should beat. And um, oh, Toledo, fifteen and twenty-four. Yeah, they took care of business against yeah. them. Not Toledo is a team that you know mid to lower level of the Mid American Conference. Nice job by the Spartans taking care of business in this game. This was the last game that we will be recapping so far. The Spartans, of course, are now twelve and twenty-seven overall, one and ten in Big Ten play. Kind of maybe 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 we'll do a a shorter state of the Spartans segment here because I have the stats pulled up. Kind of 
it's interesting to see how some guys have been developing for them over this year. You see a guy like Zach Iverson, all of a sudden he has bumped his average up to nearly 200. Adam Proctor's starting to hit the ball out of the ballpark a little more. But then you see another guy like Shimaleski really trending down right now, but Kena really trending down right now. Royce Ando kind of trending up for them. And then the pitching, obviously we've talked about the bullpen being productive, but obviously the, the starters have been up and down, led by Mason Erla. And just kind of looking at, at big picture for this team, this is not going to be a team that will be in the Big Ten tournament. So what more do we want to see individually or as a team from the Spartans? What is one thing that you can pinpoint that it can be a player that you want to see pick it up or it can be an overall stat or area where you want to see this team excel for the rest of the year? Because a Big Ten tournament appearance, they are definitely on the outside looking in. They would um, have to go on a tear, probably yeah. undefeated. Yeah, they'd have to just rattle off I, lots. I and think lots this of team wins. just needs to get back to the fundamentals of baseball. They need to pitch well. They need to play defense, and they need to they need to hit when guys on base. Short and sweet. Um, I and mean, I think that really kind of speaks for everybody, doesn't it? I mean, you just mm-hmm. cover all the bases, do it, do it well, get back to playing fundamental baseball, and simple as that. When you're 1-11, I think you do need to look at yourself and just say, all right, we need to go back to basics because clearly something went wrong fundamentally. Yeah, just go out there and play ball. Mr. Hattie, is there anything else in particular you'd like to see, like an individual player that you might want to see finish the year on a positive note? Yes, but it, uh, okay. Yes and no. Well, uh, yes, individual player. I'll explain. Um, I want to see starting pitching make significant strides, and in particular Mason Erla. To be, become I the guy, agree. yeah, become the guy that he was supposed to be next year. Next, headed into another big year next year for him. It's, it'll be important for him to have a nice feeling in his stomach when this year concludes, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, going into next year, he should have the confidence and the ability to be that Friday night guy that you predicted him to be, and the thing that he should be, and the thing that this team needs him to be. So yeah, starting pitching, but in particular, Mason Erla. Really, when I kind of, I think you guys hit on it well. You know, you guys know I'm a big starting pitching guy, so that one's already taken off the board. I'd like to see them finish the year strong, and fundamentals too. Obviously, this team has struggled at times this year to make the routine play, you know, move that runner over, etc. But I want to see one Dan Shimaleski really have a strong finish to his Spartan career. The fifth year senior, the captain of this team, he's struggling right now. He's hitting 176. He's a guy that's had plenty of success. He's put together some pretty nice seasons at the plate. A high-character guy, a charitable guy, a guy that just absolutely kills it in the classroom. He is the guy that you would want to represent your team. Kills it academically. Kills it being charitable. Really nice guy. A good leader. I want to see him finish his Spartan career strong because he's a guy that I believe is the heart and soul of this team one of their only true veteran players. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's going to be interesting, too, because, you know, Chimileski, we already mentioned him, but also Bakina and Ando, the middle infield combination, they're, they're nearing the end of their Spartan days. Two of the more productive hitters for them. It's going to be interesting to see them finish strong. It'll be interesting to see what they do next year up the middle. Big shoes to fill. That will be interesting. Kind of looking up and down the, the statistics here. Our guy like Ryan King, he'll be back next year. He is injured all this year. He played some second base last year. 
at shortstop, you know, Bailey Peterson, he's another middle infielder. He'll be a senior then, too. True. It'll be interesting to see what kind of direction they go in up the middle, especially at short, because they have some guys that can play a little bit of second. I don't know. Jace Bowen and uh, Jace Bowen and Jack Frank are the two big guys I can think of that are coming in in this next year's recruiting class. They're both outfielders. We'll see if either one of them makes it onto campus because they might have they might if they get drafted high in this major league baseball draft upcoming in June, they might just say, "See ya." We're going especially we're going to be with the guys that Michigan State has in the outfield already. I mean, yeah, exactly. They're not going to supplant probably Walker or. Kelly, so they really yeah. only have one shot to beat out a guy who's coming off of an injury. Bowen did play a little infield, I believe, in high school, but they say he's got a cannon and he profiles in the outfield. Him, you know, him and Frank, two guys that really performed show performed well throughout their high school careers. Obviously, two guys that also have a num a, a pretty solid amount of pro interest. It'll be interesting to see if they make it on campus. Chase Bowen could also play football, but. We'll see if the lore of college football is enough to take him away from the Kirk. money of Major League Baseball. Our next Kurt Gibson. That'd, that'd be, be something. That'd be amazing. That'd be really cool. It'd be a fun story. Mm-hmm. be interesting to call up good old Kirk and, and see if they could draw some comparisons. Maybe we can. Maybe next year we'll bring him on this program if, if, if nice. Jace comes on here. That'd be awesome. Jason Gibby. That'd be so cool. We're going to have to write that one Jason down. Jason Gibby. We are. We've already put that. We've already. We have a, a list of ideas compiled. We had something earlier. Oh yeah, NFL draft podcast. That's definitely going to be on the list for next year. We could just do an hour ripping. Kurt the Gibson in studio, or you can call in. That's an idea right there. Full of good ideas on the Warning Track podcast. These Spartans, though, will be back in action tonight because as it is Friday night here in East Lansing. End of a semester, everybody's excited, but we might be getting some snow. That's not exciting. Mm-hmm. Can't play baseball. Yikes. Snow. snow, baseball, that does not go along well. But the at the aforementioned Northwestern Wildcats coming in for a three-game weekend set. The Wildcats 17 and 20 overall, 5 and 7 in conference, 8 and 4 at home, 7 and 14 away from Miller Park in Evanston, Illinois. That really threw me off. <laughs> I'm like, Miller Park? What do you mean they play at Miller Playing Park? In Milwaukee? I was super, super thrown off. This team is fresh off their, well, their last Big Ten action. They lost, they got swept by the Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor. And then they beat the University of Illinois at Chicago in Evanston on, let's see, the 23rd would be, what was that, Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. They beat beat no, UIC Tuesday. on beat UIC on Tuesday. My bad. Long week. Long week for the baseball beat. But the weekend is here. The Spartans are back in action. Revisiting last week's predictions, I had the Spartans getting swept by Indiana. I was incorrect. I had them going one and one against Toledo and Oakland. Also incorrect, gentlemen. Revisiting the predictions, Mr. McCray, how did you fare this past week? Um, I got I got all the predictions correct. Um, not as correct as Kyle Hattie because he called uh, which game Michigan State would win, but I still said Michigan State would take a game from Indiana. Yeah, Mr. Hattie reminded me of that when he walked into the studio. The bragging rights are yours for this week. Air clap. Air, we're air clapping for Mr. Hattie so we don't mess up the microphones, but he flawlessly predicted the Spartans' action, but it is a new weekend of baseball, so we will check in with the Spartans, The, of course, the aforementioned, or I said aforementioned again, 
These Wildcats are here going to play tonight at 6.35. The Spartans last beat, they beat the Northwestern Wildcats the last time they faced them in Evanston, April 22nd of last year, 6-5, the final score. So they their, their career, or their, historically they play well against the Wildcats too. Their, their number, their, their win-loss record historically was fairly dominant against the Wildcats. The first time the Wildcats have come to McLean Stadium since, I believe, 2015. We're going to get this started right across from me with Mr. Alex McRae. How do they fare against the Northwestern Wildcats this weekend? Well, I'm going to be optimistic. All right. Um, Always the optimistic I'm also going to make one more prediction based on the long-term season and the possibility that this is our last podcast together. Oh, I'm going to start crying. I'm going to go with 2-3 and against Northwestern, 2-3 and at Purdue, Losing at Michigan, winning against Valparaiso here at home, losing two or three at Iowa, winning at Central Michigan, and getting swept by Illinois, finishing the season seven and ten. Oh, we're going through the season. Wow, you have an optimistic view of these Spartans. Two or three against the Wildcats this weekend. Two or three against Purdue. You said. Are we going through the season? Uh, yes, let's do it. Fin- finishing. Might as well finishing the record. And then you said a- at nineteen and thirty-seven. You said a loss at Michigan, correct? Yes. A win at Val, a win versus Valpo. You said two or three against Iowa. Is that correct? Losing two or three. Losing two or three. Iowa. You said a win at Central. Win at Central. They fin they finished the season, uh, two and seven. Okay. I got them finishing two and seven. And Illinois, you said them getting they were going to get swept. All right. Against Illinois, Mr. Kyle Hattie, you're ready. I think I got mine. Shoot them off. All right. One and three against Northwestern. I think they win tonight, then drop the next two. Um, nice. win one against Purdue, uh, beat Michigan and Valpo. Woo! Optimism, optimism, optimism. They flowing. played them. They, they played them well last time. Love um, it. They did. I, I say well. get swept by Iowa, beat Central, then get swept okay. by Illinois, and the season ends sad. All right. So you got them ending the season. So you what, five, um, seventeen and forty. Yes. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you're, I'm gonna need some help here with the math once again, Mr. McRae. He's our math guy today, calculating these records. But so far, we have two series losses against the Wildcats this weekend. Actually, no, you had them winning I, the I series. Had them winning okay. The series. I'm gonna go with they lose two or three to Northwestern. I'm gonna say they lose two or three to Purdue. I'm gonna say they drop the game to Michigan. I'm gonna say they drop the game. No, they win the game against Valpo. I'm going to say they drop two or three to Iowa. They lose at Central, who's pretty good this year, and then they get swept by Illinois. So I have them picking up one, two, three, four wins. So I don't have them improving the record as much as you guys do. Once again, I'm not the optimistic one on this podcast. I mean, you're only one one less than Hattie, so it's okay. True. Unfortunately, we haven't kept track of the records, but if if we did, I'm pretty sure I'd be we'll probably have to dead do that last. Year. Yeah, our order is pretty. Uh, write it down on set. write it down on the idea list, but we'll see if we we do a podcast next week. Obviously, we did come here to play school, and we have exams next week. I have four of them. That's gonna be a blast. Five, two, done. five. You one upped me. Two. Ooh, you're lucky. One of them is online. But we've had a pleasure talking Michigan State baseball all season long. The 2019 season, following the Spartans, we'll be back next year for sure. We'll we'll see. We'll, we might be back next week. Let's make a pledge. We'll keep you updated. We'll we'll uh, that'll be a game time decision 
probably around next Wednesday. But nevertheless, this has been fun, gentlemen. It has been an absolute pleasure. Great time. Great time. I don't want to. I don't want to fully act like this is over because we could do another one. But Take if we break. don't, a tentative. Heck of a job, gentlemen. A Keep I'll give you a big handshake after we're done yes. recording here, and we'll call it good. But we might have another one coming up. But overall, a nice, solid potential final episode. Episode so. seven of the 2019 season. Following a two of three series win against Northwestern. One of three. I agree. One of three. Once again, the Warning Track Podcast, potentially the last episode of the 2019 season, brought to you by WDBM Sports, Impact 89FM, Michigan State's student radio voice. Thank you once again for listening today and every for every episode of this season. Thank you again for listening along. We're going to see what the Spartans do against Northwestern. It's always a great day for baseball on the Warning Track Podcast. You have been listening to Warning Track, a production of Impact 89FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports. Look at-